Here in America, work is in trouble. We've offshored our manufacturing, sent away good jobs, and lost so much ability to make things. American Giant is a company that's pushing back against this tide. They make high-quality clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, dresses, jackets, and so much more right here in the USA. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order when you use code STAPLE20 at checkout. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com. Promo code STAPLE20. You're listening to Zen Sandwich, a podcast that encourages mindfulness, gratitude, and hopefully an occasional laugh. I'm Mark Reed, a former college professor and lawyer. Now I live in the countryside of Japan, make traditional Japanese paper, and try to make myself and the world a little better today than it was yesterday. I'm here twice a week, either with research and observations, or talking with inspiring, artistic, and influential people. The idea is to bring some calm and kindness to the world and help you do the same. Hey, here we are. My guest today is JT Guinness Tingley. He is the host of the very popular podcast, The Paranormal Sun. The Paranormal Sun covers all topics paranormal, uh, fortune, uh, mysterious, strange, and unexplained from the viewpoint of a lifelong seeker of knowledge. Each episode, JT presents research and information that he has gathered and, and leaves the verdict up to you, the listener. And let me tell you, folks, I've listened to several of JT's podcasts, and he is thorough. I mean, seriously, I, I feel like I do my research well before a Zen Sandwich episode. I try to. Uh, whether I'm going to do a solo or uh, I'm doing an interview like this, I don't hold a candle to the amount of information JT puts together. Uh, just check out some of his latest on uh, Black Vault CIA UFO document releases. I believe that's actually a nine-part series. Um, it's good stuff, and you'll feel like you were privy to an intelligence briefing at the White House after listening to it. Uh, I mean, you feel like you, you are in the know after listening to one of his episodes. Now, uh, loyal listeners to Zen Sandwich might wonder why I would be broaching the topic of the paranormal. I mean, it, it does seem somewhat foreign to Zen in that Zen doesn't typically try to explain phenomena. Uh, Zen is generally more concerned with simply experiencing phenomena whether that's just being out in nature or being present in the moment or gratitude or meditation. But a, uh, a principal tenet of Zen is to be open-minded. Actually, there is a continual aim to have what's referred to as beginner's mind. In so doing, I strive to approach each and every topic without judgment, maybe with a healthy dose of skepticism, which I imagine JT also incorporates in his research. That is, I don't get the impression he blindly accepts any seemingly inexplicable event as an automatic occurrence of paranormal activity. Now, JT is a true scholar, and I respect his precision and attention to detail. With that, hey, man, welcome to the show, JT Tingley. Hey, uh, thanks for having me here, Mark, um, first and foremost. And secondly, I'll tell you what, man, if I ever need a speechwriter for if, if I ever get public <laughs> office or anything, I couldn't do a better intro than the one you've just done. So look, from the bottom of my heart, thanks for those humbling words, because it really does mean a lot to me. Well, they're sincere. You know, I uh, um, you 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 do put on an impressive show, man. And, uh, you know, I hang on every word. Um, um all right. Well, glad to have you on. Uh, we'll get to the paranormal stuff in a minute, but uh, perhaps even more inexplicable than an apparition or a story of a UFO abduction is how a guy from Idaho winds up in New Zealand and now practically speaks with a Kiwi accent. So what the <laughs> hell? Tell us, take us from Boise, Idaho or wherever to Auckland, New Zealand. Or Yeah. So, so it is, it's, it's very interesting, Mark. And 
I remember even like in my kind of early 30s, having people say to me that met me and start talking to them and get to know them, say, man, your life is so interesting. You should write a book. And uh, I always used to have a chuckle about it. And and unbeknownst to me, honest, honest to goodness, even two years ago, I never would have thought I'd be on the airwaves, so to speak, <laughs> doing podcasts and kind of sharing my life's journey. But it's always been one of those things that I've wanted to do, at least leaving a legacy for when I'm no longer here in mm. this form anyway. So as a, as a young boy, that's it. I grew up in the Pacific Northwest, mountains and forests. A lot of people think of Idaho and they think of Boise. And uh, that's understandable because especially when I was growing up, more than half of the people in the state lived in like Boise and Pocatello down south. And that's quite a flat and not really a dry desert, but kind of a high desert type environment. Now I'm from the the northern panhandle and it's anyone for example like example you know someone will say I'm from New York and they'll they'll say oh so you you're from Brooklyn and they'll no no I'm from upstate New York right. that's how it was for us you know we we were from the panhandle way up by Canada mm. where I was born and uh spent my early years so uh, we were only 70 miles from the Canadian border so way up there way up in the snow at this point in the interview, uh, JT and I discuss his moving from Idaho to Illinois and eventually to San Diego, California. Uh, due to time constraints, this segment has been edited out. Uh, the interview picks back up when JT was a uh, young adult. But my mom sat down with me and she said, you've got pioneer blood in your veins. Wherever you go, you'll make a success of it. And I, one of those things at at that certain age in life, I literally took a suitcase and a thousand dollars and rolled the dice and said, Oh, well, if it doesn't work out, I can come back. Now at my age now, if a young person said that to me, I'd be saying, okay, <laughs> have you thought this through? But, but um, honest to goodness, there's been trials and tribulations and just like anyone else, I've had my ups and downs, but Mark, it's been the best thing I've ever done. I've never regretted it. There are days, there have been days in the past where it's been like, I wonder what would have happened if I wouldn't have come here, but I'll, I'll tell you what, man, I've never looked back. Do you think, uh, well, that, that's the way I feel about Japan. Do you think that uh, you'll be in New Zealand for the rest of your life? Yeah. Do yeah. You, this is there, my home. Are there not any, uh, what kind of visa are you on? I'm a citizen. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I just yeah. learned that. Did you, I mean, buys a, buys a New Zealander. So I'm a, I'm a toy boy. So, uh, oh, yeah, wow. that's, it's much more difficult in uh, Japan. I mean, I, you know, I'm married and I'm on a spouse visa now, so I'm, I'm good to go. Um, and then in a little while I can, uh, I think in about three more years, I can apply for, um, PR permanent residency, which that, uh, I is, had that, yeah, yeah, which is essentially like a green card in the United States, and then then even if I got a divorce, I could still live here, you know. Um, but uh, and then I I eventually could apply for citizenship, uh, but Japan requires you to renounce. I, I'm not going to renounce my American citizenship. So I, <laughs> where uh, where did the interest in the uh, in the paranormal come from? So unlike a lot of people, when you'll talk to them about what they do. And, and look, you've had some really fascinating guests that have had some amazing experiences. Unlike a lot of them, man, I'm not the person who can say 
at this date on this time, you know, for, for example, you might have a bicyclist and they might say, I met Greg LeMond or, you know, whoever, and this is what, so for me, it's just for as long as I can remember, man, like from being five, six years old, I can remember thinking there's much more to this existence than just our kind of flesh and bone, quote unquote, meat robot existence i remember sitting in the car as my parents were driving wherever and looking at my foot and saying is this me or is 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 there something you know is there a spirit or a different component of me apart from my body and separate and and these are not thoughts that your average five or six year old has (laughs) and so my mom i'm very fortunate a lot of it comes down to my mom because my mom even though we grew in grew up in a very conservative and a conservative time and place very conservative where i'm from my mom always encouraged me to keep an open mind about things and so if i asked about ufos or ghosts or my mom you know i i didn't get what a lot of kids would growing up which is don't worry about don't think about that my mom always encouraged me to read and again being sickly growing up in the country we only back then we had three channels, ABS or ABC, CBS, NBC, as I'm sure you know. Right. <laughs> so we read books. And for whatever reason, even though we were out in the country and we didn't have a lot of money and everything else, we had this kind of home library. And I don't even know where all the books came from. A lot of them were hand-me-downs, but all these books, and I found out since over you know years some of these books man you can't find them or they're thousands of dollars like a book like the flying saucers are real from frank edwards who wrote this book in the 50s and so i read a lot of these things at a very young age and i think it was just that whole the basically why anybody's interested in a lot of these things it's the mystery of it it's what it it it's yes there are certain things that i'm more drawn towards than others but it's just that whole mystery of why don't we know this when science tells us we know basically everything about the earth and everything else, but yet you've got these anomalies like, for example, the Bermuda Triangle right. or UFOs or ghosts or spirits. And then it didn't hurt as well that when I was young, I had two NDEs. I had two near-death experiences when I was quite young. But I know for a fact that it wasn't like that was the watershed moment because I had these interests before that. And so uh, and again, everything from Scooby-Doo is is, <laughs> as corny as it sounds. Scooby-Doo got me interested in those kind of mysteries again, reading. And then, of course, as we got further into the into the 80s, we started having things like unsolved mysteries. Oh, man. And so, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. And so, yeah, I, I, don't get me wrong. I was your typical, you know, American male. I loved to spend time in the woods and hunt and fish. And I love my sports. I still do to this day. But there's always been that other part of me that not everyone embraces or it's not so much now. But I mean, you know, growing up, as you know, if somebody said they saw a UFO or if they claim to have seen Bigfoot or whatever, the first thing most people would say is how much have you had to drink? (laughs) So yeah, it wasn't as open as it is now. So there was always that other, and I I wasn't necessarily afraid to talk about it, but for example, I'd never stand there at work and talk to a customer about it. Um, And so there was always that extra segment of my life, but yeah, that that's it. I mean, from, four or five years old, at least I started getting into this stuff and getting interested in it, man. When I was in, uh, in seventh grade, 
my science teacher, um, he, uh, um, I, I got a, a few people who listen to this podcast who went to the same school as I do, so they'll know Mr. Breakfield. Uh, but anyway, he, uh, every Friday, I, I look back and I think it was just laziness on his part. Every Friday he'd show a video, so he didn't have to teach. But, uh, oh my God, one Friday he showed this documentary on UFOs and it, for like six months scared the shit out of me, man. I like, I would be, you know, my parents would be out uh, uh, for dinner in the evening or whatever. And I'd be home alone and I would just see some light up, you know, in the sky, like through the blinds. And I, I mean, my heart would start pounding. And um, for like six months, I was just convinced that UFOs were coming to get me. <laughs> when look, man, I, I, I'm on board with that. Um, when I first read about the Betty and Barney Hill case, which is the first, chronologically at least and especially at that time it was the first well-known claimed abduction case and i look i was the same and then when you started seeing things like actually seeing it on tv acted out in something like unsolved mysteries but more so for me if you turn back the clock a little bit and again talking about synchronicities as we were a little bit earlier um it was interesting because i mentioned it on the podcast and i'm sure you heard it I had a dream uh, last week, about a week and a half ago, that I went outside and I was looking up in the night sky and I saw these lights that were kind of moving against the stars and they weren't moving like satellites. So they'd make 90 degree turns and things like that. And that was all the dream was. And, and of course you would say, well, JT, you've been doing this your whole life. Right. And you do a podcast. Of course, you're going to have those dreams. Hand, hand on heart. I don't think I've ever had a dream about those things. Now, fast forward to the following Saturday, and I'm sitting in the chair, and uh, I, I just got done watching 61, the, the movie about um, uh, Mantle and Maris Chase and Babe Ruth's record, and I thought, well, I wonder what else is on. And Mark, uh, I'm, again, I can't make it up. Flip through the channels, and what's just starting probably five minutes in? Close Encounters of the Third Kind. <laughs> and great, great when movie. I was a boy, when I was a boy, that movie scared the bejesus out of me. The um, the grays when when the the, the shows the little ch child height aliens running around them. Right. It it just that and Poltergeist were the two that just terrified oh, me yeah. as a boy. But but yeah, it it was just. I just thought to myself, what are the odds that this, because it's not a movie that you see ran on TV here all the time. In mm -hmm. fact, I can't remember seeing it on, but you're right. It, after 40 years, that movie has held up so well. Oh yeah. I was really impressed by how well it still holds up to this day. Yeah. I'm kind of a movie buff. That, that's a good one. Um, uh, you know, and then I, I got over the UFO thing for, you know, after that six month period and I have remained a skeptic. Uh, pretty much for most of my life. However, I will admit there is a, uh, you're probably familiar with this, uh, this story in the sky. Uh, well, there's a couple of guys that are involved in this. Um, they're all Navy. Uh, there's a Navy pilot. Uh, I think the this, this story is kind of uh, uh, called like the Tic Tac story or something, but this, yeah, the, uh, the, the gimbal and the go fast and yeah. yeah. Uh, Commander Fravor or favor or something yeah. like that. He went on Joe Rogan. And the reason why, you know, this is not just some, you know, kind of like hillbilly with a uh, an abduction story about a little green man. This is the Navy commander, you know, uh, pilot, and uh, he's got no reason to make this. Up. And he's not the only one. I mean, the 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 what was showing up on the radar. I can't recount the whole story, but it it defied the laws of physics. The the yeah. what was showing up on the radar 
the the way it moved from something like and it couldn't be birds because they were it was at something like an uh, elevation of like 50,000 feet and went down to like 200 feet above the water this was off the coast of california off of, of southern california and the uh, the the navy um they were doing some you know training patrols or whatever and they're like uh, i don't know what the they were like fighter jets f something i don't know what they were but um but yeah they uh and th these things moved and it, it it is sort of inexplicable it couldn't be birds because of how high it was it couldn't be a weather balloon because weather balloons just ascend they don't like descend rapidly and then move off to the left like like these did and um you know it it, it hit to listen to that guy's story i mean it, it really does leave you like you know there's i'm not saying it's a ufo from outer space you know, maybe there is a rational explanation, but I I haven't heard it yet. And he doesn't know what the rational explanation is either. So, you know, Mark, as you were saying, you, you've heard several of my episodes. The, the way that I always put it, me personally, and this is just my opinion, there's room on the show at any time for skeptics. I've got no problem with that because that's how we should look at things. I don't believe every theory, but at the same time, I've got no time for debunkers. So when people come forward specifically saying, I don't like whatever it is, so I'm going to prove it wrong no matter what, right. and you throw the facts out the window, those are the people I've got issues with. And, and I'm sure you've heard me rant, and you can really tell my blood starts to boil <laughs> when I hear about some of the things that some of these poor witnesses have gone through. Because as you said, the a lot of the reason and kind of the way that I've done the program is that almost everyone who's got any interest in UFOs has heard about Roswell. Everyone has heard about Rendlesham forest in the UK. Everyone has heard about these, these Pentagon sightings. And what I've tried to cover is a lot of excellent cases, but that are not nearly as well known. Mm -hmm. Now, the one that I just dropped, in fact, that I just released last night was about a sheriff's deputy in Minnesota. Again, small town and Mark, I don't know for sure where you're from, but I think you're from more rural area. Like, like what I'm saying is, you know, even if you, even if you grew up in the city, you know, it's not like New York city. Um, I grew, we well, all... <laughs> I grew up in, in Birmingham and, uh, okay. so yep. that, I've been there. that, okay. Oh, wow. Well, uh, you know, it is the kind of one cosmopolitan metropolitan area in Alabama, but I've got family that are out in the sticks. So I've got plenty of experiences, both urban and rural. Well, well, the reason that I bring that up is what I'm saying is that, you know, as well as I do, that if you live in a community like that and you go making massive claims, like I saw a UFO or I saw Bigfoot again, people are going to ridicule you. You're going to be the guy every time you go to get gasoline at the station. Oh, there's that idiot that said he saw a UFO <laughs> right. um, and on and on and on. Well, anyway, this dep sheriff's deputy, right? He was in Minnesota. He was out on a country road and he saw this light in the sky. And what he thought it was, was a plane in trouble, trying to land like a light plane. In fact, he thought it may have been drug smugglers trying to fly across the Canadian border into the U.S. So he drove down the road towards this light and the light was oncoming and the light didn't stop. And he, it got the, the light collided with his car and he, he blacked out. He woke up about 40 minutes later, and this thing had actually damaged his police cruiser, had smashed the windscreen, and both his 
mechanical clock in the car. I'm sure you remember the old ones, Mark, the old twist style mechanical ones. That mm-hmm. and his mechanical wristwatch were showing 14 minutes of time difference to what. So it's like they'd say 10 o'clock and it was 10, 14 p.m. And he had calibrated them before his shift. And when the other officers turned up on the scene, sure enough, um, they said they started working again after whatever it was. It was just like somebody paused them for 14 minutes. But again, see a case like this at the time, it was actually well covered. But it's one of those that as time has gone on, it slipped through the cracks. You've got him. You've got Lonnie Zamora in New Mexico, who was another sheriff. And I've, I've done a case on him was in Project Blue Book. You've got guys. You've got Ronald Reagan. Jimmy Carter, both saw UFOs, both were highly interested in it. And I mean, and that's just the tip of the iceberg. And so that's what I've tried to do is bring a lot of these cases to the forefront to say, hey, guys, it's not like it's not just Ros- it didn't start at Roswell. It started before that. Right. And on top of that, there's been lots of people. I mean, there was a UFO armada in New Mexico that flew over the the town of Farmington and hundreds of people in the seat saw hundreds of these things in the sky over three days. And sure enough, what did the, uh, what did they say in the, in the radio at the time they said, Oh, well uh, it, it happened on the 14th of March. So maybe they started their um, St. Patrick's day celebration early. <laughs> now I've been to New Mexico and I spent lots of time there. And Mark, I can tell you, Maybe in the 50s it was different, but there sure isn't a big population of Irish waiting to go and get drunk for three or four days before St. Patrick's Day. But yeah, in, anyway, that's that's the whole thing about it is that I've tried to bring some of these ones that are a bit more, they, they've got all of the hallmarks that some of these more well-known instances do. They're just not as well-known. Mm-hmm. And, and that's it. I want people to know it's not just five cases that are really big cases. And Mark, I've got hundreds of subjects back backlogged to go through i mean there's a japanese uh, airline one the one in alaska in 1986 um i can't remember the flight number off of the top of my head but the pilot said he had a ufo two miles across you know mm. they encountered in in a 737 i think it would have been back then so yeah i mean if these people are all first off i've drank like whole liters of whiskey and i've never seen lights in the sky i've <laughs> seen blurry lights on the ground but not in the sky but even if that is the case, there's literally been millions of people by now and thousands and thousands of really credible witnesses, like you say, pilots, colonels, generals, everything else. And then there's all the ones who won't talk about it because they, they'll they admit, hey, look, I saw this, but I'm not going to tell you about it. And this is off yeah, the record. And in that, shut it, up. Yeah. In that one story, there's a, uh, uh, I said there were several people involved. The, the commander of Fravor, I think that's his last name. Yeah, the one who appeared on uh, Joe Rogan, but there's a there's a it wasn't New York Times, but there was another um, there was another article with a guy who was manning the radar at the time or something like that, and uh, and then he makes reference to a third guy who was on duty. Then that third guy won't talk about it. He won't talk about it at all. And um, so, yeah. Anyway. Uh, well, man, we, we could have a, a whole nother <laughs> episode, man. Um, but, uh, um, I did want to ask you about, uh, your podcast itself. How, how long have you been podcasting? So it's been about a year now. Uh, it's been a little over a year and believe it or not. Um, I know. And again, for your audience, it might sound weird. The, the same as you're saying you have me on and it might, well, why is this guy 
<laughs> interested because I've been listening to Mark's podcast since he, he launched it. And the thing is, folks, that as with most of us, you know, I'm a, I'm a multifaceted beast and I've got lots <laughs> of different interests. But from that very early age of I, I was always interested in in what we called back then the East or the Far East. I mean, I used to burn in all kinds of weird things that kids my age didn't do. But I've always been interested in things like why does why does the East, you know, everywhere basically from India East and Southeast right. Asia, all of that, why do they look at the world in a completely different way than we do as Europeans, you know, even though we're in America. And mm. I say that because American Indians do look at the world in a very similar way as Asia. And what I mean by that is they don't see a differentiation between the spirit world or this other world and our physical world. And we do. And so things like, uh, I, I mean, I remember reading Ripley's Believe It or Not and reading about some of these uh, uh, swam, uh, swamis and yogas in, that, in India and some of the amazing things they could do. Uh, not Zen, but I mean, very similar, like slow down their heart rate so they could be buried alive and then you dig them up the next day and they'd, they'd still be alive. Mm -hmm. And so all these things have always interested me. And I can tell you that your program, first off, Mark, I think it's great. And I've you've, you, you know that I've plugged it many times because it is great. And Thanks. second, Oh, look, it is. It, you, you do. You've got great guests on. You cover things very well. And like I say, especially the earlier episodes where you didn't have the guests, I could say to people, it's bite sized Zen. So you can have your five or 10 minutes. And now you've got a good mix because you got both that and longer content. But anyway, meditation and not so much Zen because I've, it's not that I don't know what it is and everything else, but just things like meditation and mindfulness. I do try to incorporate them in my daily life. And, and just like everyone else, I'm forever trying to improve. I'm forever trying to get better at it. But like today, actually, I sat down and I used my Calm app uh, this morning and I sat there and I did a meditation and they had an excellent quote from Albert Einstein. And I was actually surprised because many people think of him as like this complete atheist because of his scientific background. But he, this was the quote. And the quote was that there's two ways to look at the world. Either everything's a miracle or nothing's a miracle. And it really hit home because if you think about our lives and just the how fortunate we are to be alive on this earth right now, having this conversation, for example, mm. enjoying the sunshine, enjoying a cup of coffee or a, a glass of a glass of wine, if you like wine, enjoying a meal, enjoying hearing a river run, all these things. To me, sometimes when I sit there and I start actually thinking, what are the odds of it happening? I have to stop because, you know, your brain just about will explode. Mm. So, I mean, like I say, I that's why I find so much. And, and like I say, you're a great host. You're, you're a great person. And again, similar to me, I'm interested about your journey in Japan. And it's been great <laughs> to learn a lot more about it. Uh, more from, especially in American, because we've obviously got that shared background and then understanding how your journey's gone there. And it's the same, as you say, it's been the same with me. So many people are like, New Zealand, I've always wanted to go there. What it's like, what what's it like? And I don't get the question so much now, but early on people would say to me, do you like it? And I mean, <laughs> I'd be here five years and I'd go, well, I haven't gone back, have I? Right, right. Like, oh, oh, yeah, okay, that makes sense. Yeah, I had, I had a, yeah. an old friend that, um, 
you know, I actually stayed off of social media for years. I, I didn't join Facebook until 2018, you know, just like three years ago. And even for then for a year between 2018 and 2019, I still was uh, incognito. And one of my old friends found me somehow. And uh, we were talking before I hit record, you know, I've got a, a very common name, Mark Reed. So it's actually kind of hard to track me down uh, on the internet because there's a bunch of Mark Reeds out there. But one of my old high school buddies did. And when he did in 2019, and you know, he sent the friend request. It, it was sort of, I was taken aback. I was like, <gasps> you know, cause I've been, I've been covert for, you know, uh, and um, suddenly I'm found out. But it, he was one of my best friends, so I couldn't turn down the friend request, so I had yeah. to accept it. Well, when I did, it opened the floodgates, man, because then I start popping up on everybody as a suggested friend. Yeah. And, I mean, people I have not talked to in 20, 25 years, just boom, 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 boom. Like, all these friend requests started popping up. And, you know, I didn't turn down anybody. I accepted them, you know. And um, so one of those friends, when I, you know, all of my old friends from 25 years ago were coming out of the woodwork, uh, one of them, um, she's a very conservative, um, and this isn't a political, uh, conversation, but she's definitely very much a patriot. And I, I consider myself a patriot, but I have a different political view than she does. But she, uh, you know, she was like, you must love it over there in Japan. I'm like, I do. And, uh, it, it, she almost was offended that I, that I've chosen to live the rest of my life in Japan instead of the United States. And I'm like, it's nothing against the United States. I just, I married a Japanese woman. I live in Japan. I like it here. I'm happy. What's wrong with that? <laughs> and, and you, you remember the TV show when we were young, different strokes for different folks, man, you, you know, it's, <laughs> it's um, and, and, and that's exactly it. And I tell people here, and I've spent time in Australia working in that. And I tell people, especially young people, by all means, go to the U.S., go and see it, go and do, especially while you're young, go and see so that because the U.S. dominates the world news. And at the very least, if you go over and you spend a few months traveling around and getting to know things, you'll understand it so much better than just the average person taking for granted whatever the news in our country tells us. Because I can tell I don't know how it is in Japan, but here. Most of the time when they cover a U.S. story, it's just the newsreader will read about a paragraph and then they cut to the CNN affiliate or they cut to the Fox affiliate. And if you're just an average person here, you don't necessarily know that one of those channels has a leaning this way and one right. has a leaning that way. And um, again, we I, I just think I'm very thankful of where and when I was born and of the generation that we know these things, Mark, because we've lived through them. So we can use those filters, but with some people, they just, uh, you can't fault them. They just don't know. But mm -hmm. I do feel for them when people will present things to me as a fact. And I'm like, have you like even tried to scratch the surface <laughs> and realize how insane this sounds, you know? Well, I heard it on TV. It's like, right, yep. Right. But I mean, obviously in the last five years or 10 years, especially the last five years, we are seeing this kind of global awakening of people just saying, hang on, just because I've heard it on whatever, it doesn't mean it's true. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm, glad, I, I'm glad there's some healthy skepticism. Uh, uh, I mean, there's still a lot of misleading, crazily misleading information out there, uh, which is, is damaging. But, you know, hopefully people are getting, I, I don't know. 
I, I'm, I, I remain optimistic that uh, people will be able to, uh, to decipher what is BS and, you know, what's factual, but we'll see. Well, one way I do try and stay positive when I think, think about things like this is that, you know, as well as I do, Mark, these things do occur in cycles and I am a firm, I, look, I'm a student of history. It's, that was always my favorite subject, history and geography, because obviously I like knowing about different peoples, but that whole, the saying about those who uh, fail to, you know, learn the lessons of history are doomed to repeat it. Right. It's as far as I'm concerned, it's true because uh, no matter what you look at. Yeah. And, and, and I'm similar to you. I, I leave a lot of the politics off of my program. Same I try reason, to, it's, it, it, it's, yeah. it finds its way on sometimes, but yeah, yeah. I try to. Yeah. And, and if, and then, and, and as far as I'm concerned, if guests want to talk about it, that's fine. But I, it's just cause I know people get bombarded with it everywhere they go. But for, you know, kind of what's going on right now in Europe with the whole deal with Russia and the kind of sword rattling and everything else. Again, you know, if you didn't know what had happened 50 or 75 or 100 years ago, you you could put someone in a time machine and they'd almost think it's the same. Yeah, that's it. Is this going on again? Right. So so the one thing that that's where I do try and stay positive and think to myself, like you say, with things like this. It is cyclical, and hopefully some of this rhetoric about uh, pushing people, you must be on this side or you must be on that side. And I've, I, I, I'm one of those people, man. I'm like, you do, you do not tell me I must back this guy or that guy. I'll, I'll make up my own mind. Right. And uh, I said on my buddy's podcast when they asked me about it, I said, this isn't high school dodgeball. I don't have to pick a side, okay? Right, right. I can agree with you on some things and you on other things, okay? And that's, and that's my right as an adult. But mm. you're, you're absolutely right. I didn't realize quite how bad it's gotten, but even, even here, since I've been here, you've seen that, that divide where people try and say, well, you agree with this person on this point. So you must be uh, whatever you want to say, you must be a, a, a Trumper or you must be a crazy liberal. Hmm. And uh, yeah, uh, I just roll my eyes. It annoys me, but um, I just realize it's all part of the game that they play. Right. But, um, yeah. Well, I do feel for those people who, have gets, to deal with it every day yeah well that'll uh i'll i'll we'll make that the five minutes in i usually do a little five minutes in segment <laughs> at the end of each episode and and uh we'll do that uh we'll say you know take five minutes out of your day um and think positively and think independently um don't play the game don't 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 take sides uh assess what you uh you know you perceive to be true not what some partisan person uh or pundit tells you so be independent and be positive that's your five minutes in today well um man there you have it folks uh zen sandwich has a patreon page patreon.com slash zen sandwich if you like the show and would like to help uh it continue and grow you can for as little as three bucks uh if not no worries i'm, I'm glad you're listening uh, i hope um i hope to find more inspiring and interesting stories like jt's here and spread some calm and kindness uh, to the world. JT, thank you so much for your time, buddy. Anytime, Mark. Happy to come back anytime. And you're always welcome on. You're always welcome here in Tower Studios as well. So <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Thanks.